0: Hello and welcome to Season 1, Episode 1 of the Red Army Podcast. A podcast for people who make monster what it is, the fans. My name is Caelan Scully of the Caelan S Rugby Podcast. And as we head into the URC season as reigning champions, myself and my co-host Patricia, and a litany of guests from the province and the rugby world over, we'll be getting our teeth into this fabled club each and every week across the season. In the words of Graham Roundtree, it is a proper club. So first and foremost, Patricia, for those who may not be familiar with yourself, your your monster support, your podcasting experience, care to introduce yourself first?
1: But those people are the lucky ones, anyway. Um I'm co-hosted over at the the Rock and Roll Podcast, which is um where we're you know we sort of ramble on nonsensically about all rugby. You know, we pretend to be equally interested in all the teams but I, I'm bringing it back to Munster at any opportunity obviously um because obviously like yourself and like I'm I'm sure the majority of the people listening Munster are the the big thing in our lives I'd say I you know they've always been there they're always going to be there I'm from Leinster so it's um there's an extra little little wrinkle in it there I suppose that um you know, being the, the only Munster child in a Leinster family. There's been some dark years being the only <laughs> Munster child in the Leinster family, but it's come no. good. It's come good. So I know. And you're yourself, Kaylon, like I'm sure everybody listening knows knows you and what you do, but let let everyone in.
0: I'm I'm in the same boat as you, so I'm a Galway man who supported Munster um back in the heyday of 06 and 08 got into it then. I do have Munster family. It's not too bad. My, you know, on my grandmother's side is all from Claire and, and that. So it's not too bad.
1: I don't but... even have that excuse.
0: <laughs> my only thing is I was going to school in Bondesloe when um Connacht were winning the league. Now, as a Munster fan who grew up watching them win leagues and European Cups at ease, that's not easy. <laughs> so we are, we kind of know the same side of this together, which is which is different, I suppose. Some people might be like, "Well, what's a Leinster woman and a Galway woman going to tell us about monsters?" Like, well, maybe we just have enough of a chip on the shoulder that we can that we can make it balance out in some regard. I'm
1: not gonna I'm not gonna trade misery, but being in Leinster is definitely worse.
0: Oh yeah, it is. Apart from you know, you're, you're probably in the right part of Leinster, it. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> thing. I'm in a real rugby hotbed of of Galway here, um, and I've yeah, I may drop it in in multiple times the season. I've went to school with some of the Connacht lads. So it's, you know, I, I kind of have that experience, that side of the coin. But in terms of the workload, I, I have my own podcast, as I said, at the top of the show. And if people are coming to this from from your side of things, or just Monster Cale on S Rugby Podcast, we have in-depth World Cup coverage every week. So hopefully by the time we have, that...
1: We have not in-depth World Cup <laughs> <but> coverage <laughs>
0: every week. <fair> <laughs> But I suppose you're at it, so you know that there's that side of things. But hopefully, we have another three weeks of Ireland still in the competition as we speak. Um, it will forego how long until we see Peter O'Mahony in red and Tyre Vern in red. But if it means Ireland to win the World Cup, we will survive. <laughs> I think that's that's exactly is
1: what... is, is it worth it? I, ah, I, I it guess is. it is. I guess it is. But <laughs> is but, it? At the, but at the same time, you'd miss Craig Casey. You know that kind of way.
0: So what made you? Next...
1: What made you sort of? tune into Munster then, was it your family or was it just Munster I suppose as a, as uh, like a
0: draw? It was, it was kind of, it was a bit of everything because I'm from a sporting background as well, you know like so many young lads across the country are and like I I often chime back to this in, in group chats and everything but the Heineken Cup was the Heineken Cup around 2006-2011 when it was on Sky <laughs> and everyone was watching pubs and they watch on RTE and you know, everyone knew who fucking Cedric Haymans was because, you know, we were seeing it on our televisions and we weren't having it kind of mansplained to us by the BTE crowd. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was proper rugby coverage. And like, it was so easy to fall in love with that era in so many ways. Like I, I grew up with, you know, David Wallace and Alan Quinlan just being bodyguards for Raj, And then you'd have <laughs> someone like Tocauola came over. And it was just open up your eyes for a new style of rugby. Like the man could yeah. score a try in a phone box. Like it was remarkable. And you couldn't, you couldn't not love that side of things. Do you know what I mean? And f- for yourself then, like, how did you kind of, when was that kind of, I love this club moment and don't say last May because that's the most recent, not the most, the first <laughs> one.
1: <laughs> no, I think that I think by last May it was fairly settled that I loved okay. this club. I don't think that we were. I don't think I was still on the fence at that point. No, so we, we moved to Ireland in 2006. I want to say, um, my mother's from Wexford, so that's where we moved to. And like by then, I was already very much like I like this team. You know, I had I definitely had identified that this was. This was the team that I liked watching from whatever rugby would have been on in the house before then. And when we moved to Wexford, it was my dad who was sort of explaining, you know, Ireland has four rugby teams and we're living in this place, which is everyone here supports this rugby team. And you just said and I sort of (laughs) well, pretty much what happened was I just said, Dad, I'm not being funny, but Paul O'Connell doesn't play for that rugby team, and therefore I'm gonna cheer for this team over here. And I, you know, I've been stuck with him ever since, I suppose.
0: That's that's not a bad route, like, because, you know, they say kids nowadays are supporting players and they might grow up, there might be Irish kids who are like, I just love Antoine Dupont and his yellow blanket wardrobe of of clothes. But like, if that's what gets people into the game <laughs> and gets them, you know, into Thoman Barg or gets them into the Stad Ernst on or wherever it is. Let it be. (laughs) Do you know? Like that's Absolutely. That's the beauty of it.
1: Um, if anyone if you want to get in touch with us throughout the season at the podcast, let us know, you know, give us your predictions for what game Munster may have that week this weekend. Obviously there's no game this weekend, but as the season goes on, Munster will be playing games and we'll we'll love to see them. You know, what your thoughts on how Munster are getting on, which players are catching your eye. Even if you just want to let us know which terrace in Thurman Park you think is the best and why it is the East Terrace, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we're over on Twitter at Red Army Pod for as long as Twitter survives. And then after that we'll I'm sure we'll figure something else out. Um so yeah, a- absolutely get in touch and let us know what your thoughts on the MRSC curry and we want to hear it, we want to hear everything. Why you love Munster, who you're loving at Munster at the moment, and Whatever you want to tell us.
0: I have to jump in there. Why do you think East Terrace is best? Uh, Speak from two East Terraceers. What's your, is there a reason for it?
1: Because it is just better. Okay. (laughs) I, I love standing by the tunnel. I think that it's, I love having that part of the sort of match experience of the players going in and out to warm up and for the match itself and being like behind the subs bench and I just love I love that part of it. Um and you simply don't get that in the West Terrace.
0: It would be nice if we had the pyrotechnics on our side though. Like I think back to the the Toulouse game where you could barely see onto the pitch even if you're in the terrace. And I remember I was actually in the I was in the press area for that game. I was working for Oval Insights. And I remember thinking I would give anything to be sitting on that pyrotechnic right now because it was so cold. I couldn't feel my fingers. Yeah, <laughs> like... that is
1: that is that is true, you know, but, but at the same time, when you can actually see the pitch, which of course you couldn't in that game, you do get a nicer view of the pyrotechnics even from the East Terrace side. I so there's suppose. really... Anything you could possibly think of as a even potential drawback for the East Terrace, I'll find a way to spin it into a positive because I, I do believe that it's the best place in that
0: stadium. And that's how this season is gonna go, I feel like. Where it's yeah. just gonna be Oh yeah. Let's talk about the the flip side of things and the positive side of things. And you know what? Even if we lose fifty four seven in the Aviva in round seven of the URC, let's not forget that they have two dub caps and we have a URC title that could knock you out if that trophy hit you like there's always that side of it but we do
1: everyone everyone was tying themselves in knots talking negatives last season and look how that ended up like I'm not doing it anymore
0: or maybe we maybe we do the same thing again just go through the same process regardless of results and hope that we get (laughs) the same outcome I do
1: were so bad when they beat the dragons by 96 points in this game why didn't they score 100 points it's unacceptable
0: that's full um, New Zealand, uh, the breakdown <laughs> spec. But I do, we do, We will talk a small bit of rugby this evening. This is an introduction, but we'll talk a bit of rugby. And I want to start with just kind of the, the admin side of things. The ins, the outs, the guys who you may have forgotten have joined the club or even some of them have extended, which we will get into, and some of the departures as well. So, Tricia, will you take us through the the new faces and some not so new faces that we're supposed to look out for?
1: Yeah, of course. So, um, in terms of players in, I feel like maybe a smaller cohort of players in than we might have seen in in previous seasons, but but no less exciting of a, a trio of new signings in. In we've got Sean O'Brien coming in, not yeah. that Sean O'Brien, of course, or the other one, or the other one. That, that um, really
0: doesn't help. Not so it's a Sean O'Brien, but not the one from Carlo, not the one from with the ginger hair from Galway. The one who played centre for Connacht. That's how, how we are going to shorten that down in shorthand speak, Sean O'Brien the Third. Or... Sure, sure. Okay.
1: Um, he's coming in from Exeter Chiefs, and that's it. He's you know he's a he's a ginger centre coming in. We've we've we, What more could you actually ask for? You know, we we maybe, need maybe somebody... to come
0: from the best league. You know, does does that Allo. side of things, but.
1: He's we're welcoming him into the best league with open arms. Right. It's
0: a step um, up then.
1: the The theory of signing Alex Nankabela has finally become a reality in that he is yeah. finally freed from the shackles of Tasman and is on his way to Munster. Another centre. This guy has a mullet. Um, you know, hugely exciting player. Anybody who's watched who's seen any little bits of him playing for Tasman recently will will attest to that, I'm sure. One who
0: were... I, I barely got to see him last year. I don't know about yourself. I, I don't get to see as much Super Rugby with the nature mm-hmm. of, of kickoff times every time, but I did watch his the the playoffs of that and he was incredible. I thought he was unbelievable in the Super Rugby final in a way yeah. that I think will warm the heart of Monster fans because he won a jackal turnover in that game. He had won like bone crunching tackle. I think it was on Mawanga or on Will Jordan or something. And you just kind of think... Yeah, this'll do nice. This this is the style of game that'll hold up on a cold, wet Friday night entonement.
1: He feels like a monster signing, and I know that you'll know what I mean by that, but sometimes monster sign a player and you, you might not know his name and then you look at a, a few a few videos of him, a few highlights clips, and you think, Yeah, I think this guy's gonna get on just fine here. And and of course we have the um the the exciting new a prospect of prop coming in, a fella called John Ryan. We might not. How, how many a times him, are we going to but... make that
0: joke this year? Because I've already met it twice on Twitter before the month of October. So how many times we're we going to get that in by the end of the year? I, I
1: I am one of the biggest John Ryan fans, probably in the country. I love John Ryan, and I'm so happy that he's back at Munster. Um, I I'm sure, like yourself, it was heartbreaking to see him go in the first place once he got to New Zealand it was I think it was incredible how he approached last season and the the sort of story of his season I suppose and the impact he made in Super Rugby all the way to that final um so I'm delighted that he's back with us and he's one of ours again um what do we think about the signings coming in on the playing side in terms of who are we excited about and how do we think I mean John Ryan we know how he's going to fit in with Munster he's done it 200 plus times yeah. but <laughs> in terms of the two centres what are we thinking?
0: I think it's an interesting one because um like no one predicted Antoine Frisch would be the star that he was as quickly as he was last year like I remember his debut against Cardiff he wasn't supposed to be on the squad because he's supposed to be heading off the Emerging Ireland tour to Bloemfontein and to Neho or wherever else they went to on that <laughs> tour but he just he plays with such a charisma and a swagger. And you just knew, as we said about Nankivell, what he could be is like, yeah, this guy, this guy will do nicely. And to be fair, he probably didn't finish the season as strong as he started it. But at the same time, he was the one who made the only clean line break that Munster made when they went down to get the drop goal to beat Leinster. You know, when you look at that side as well, like, so he's, he's been Mr. Dependable. So to have two centers coming in, is good. I think I like the idea of Liam Coombs as a centre, um, but that's mainly only seen him at AIL level, so it's kind of hard to judge. He just has this this George North style of running that he has you beaten just by his, his size. <laughs> do you know what I yeah. mean? He's, he's a big man.
1: He's a big if, guy.
0: O'Brien and Nankivel do bring that size. I, I'm excited to see O'Brien again. I haven't seen a lot of him since he left Connacht. And if he plays with a purpose like he did in his last season at Connacht, he'd be very good because of all accounts where he was pissed off not to get a new contract and he was heading off to Exeter and he was kind of like, right, well, I'll show you why you should have kept us. And no one does see his mentality better than, than the red province of Munster. So he might fit in there and like John Ryan, like, what more can you say? The man has done it all. He's, he's been in England. He's been in New Zealand. He's played for the Babas. He's gone to workups with Ireland. Like if John I think Ryan... he's
1: one of, if not the best scrummaging props in the country. To be honest, I think yeah. that he was the the season before the season just gone. This he was sort of a shining light and a saving grace for Munster. I feel like almost
0: absolutely, and he he played so well up until his departure in in January. Like he was playing really yeah. good rugby. I don't know if it was the which you're, do you play in that Toulouse game away from home. I feel like he did in, him and Sal Noah that game I remember yeah. Sal Noah played and he was really good and Sal Noah has had scrummaging issues and the likes and that's fair enough he's he's new to playing at, at the highest level but John Ryan just you felt just as he was going that he was hitting his best strides and we, we'll we get on to the same thing about some of the departures as well but just to round things off there was a new contract and a new coach a coaching level if you want to Formally introduce them because I know yeah. there's is, there's is no better person to introduce the new contract signing <laughs> than Graham Roundtree's biggest fan.
1: Um of course, you know, we we, we don't just have new signings on the, the player side. We have Mossy Lawler coming in as a as a skills coach, you know, um putting the, the final nail in the coffin of any columnist who wanted to pick on Monster Not having a skills coach. Um and of course, the 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 man himself, Graham Rowntree, signing a contract extension. I think a big relief for all of us to be hanging on to Wig for another couple of seasons.
0: Absolutely, and like it's funny, there was something about his appointment that I felt right about all the time. Like I, mm. I advocated for Johan. And I said, if Munster do depart from from Johan, make sure they get the right man. Don't go back into rebuild mode or whatever. Get the right guy. And I did feel like that was Mike Prendergast, to be honest. Obviously, Prendi has come in as an attack coach and has been extraordinary, like absolutely extraordinary. Um, but Wig just has this kind of... He's like a father figure in the dressing room, but he's also like a best friend. But he's also like a school teacher. And like people keep saying, it. he said himself in his very first interview after he took the job, he said, Munster is a lot like Leicester. It's working class families. It's people who want to do it the hard way. It's the old style of rugby. Everyone wants the team to win. It, like no one is ever, you know, going into a game saying they might be as well off. Loose. It's 100% effort. It's passion. And the Munster team that we've seen last year had that. Like I remember the, yeah. the Connacht game. Um, after or sorry, even before that, the South Africa game in Cork, like to have Edwin Adalgo and Kieran McDonald as your two second rows in that game. If you had said that before the season started and said we'd win and dominate Jensen, Jason Jenkins, and you would have said, who who's,
1: other... "Who's Kieran McDonald?"
0: <laughs> exactly. I mean, the Glasgow fans won't like us saying that because we're always dissing on them. But you think
1: there's that's... Glasgow fans listening to this?
0: Ah, oh, there might be one or two. There might be two <laughs> at most, two. <laughs> um, but like that's that's just what he did. He, he exuded passion, he exuded confidence. We'll mention Access Munster about seventeen hundred times across the course of the season. I'd say, yeah. And every time he speaks on Access Munster it felt different. It felt <laughs> like a man who was just so assured of where they were going. And Prendy was the same, and Dennis Limi was the same, and Kiriaki was the same. But it does always fall at the top, man, invariably. Mm. And that confidence, that passion—it's just the right man for the job.
1: Yeah, I remember saying to friends when there was—I think when it was confirmed that Van Gorn was moving on, but there was no there was no word on a replacement. I remember saying to friends, "I think that they should give it to Roundtree," and I know that he has no—he hasn't been a head coach before, and. It was more than I've got a good feeling, but it was that was a huge part of it as well. I said, I I think that they should give it to Roundtree and then they announced it. And I think the early parts of last season, when, you know, things were perhaps not going as well as one would have hoped, like, like I said, hearing him talk on Access Monster, I think it would be really easy to sort of roll your eyes at the stuff that he was saying about like, you know, believing in what they're doing and that he he believed that it was going to get there. But he has such a special sort of almost an aura about him that you believe him and you can tell that the players believe him. And as someone who's watching the the Access Monster videos and watching them on the pitch, like I believed him as well. And that never, that was a huge part of getting through, I feel like the, the beginning part of last season was the fact that, it never felt like
0: it was it never was lip service, be. was it no it never it, it never felt, like, felt
1: yeah, it never felt like a mistake bringing in this this first time head coach, yeah. always every time he said it was going to come right, you believed him, even though what you're seeing on the pitch is losing to the dragons and losing to Connacht and things like that, so just an incredibly special guy and one who i hope you know i hope signs infinity new contracts at Munster. Yeah.
0: And we don't mean to cause disrespect to Connacht by putting them beside the Dragons as teams (laughs) you lose to. You could have put Cardiff in there, but then we probably have the same amount of Cardiff listeners as we'll have Connacht (laughs) listeners for this episode. So maybe it balances I'm going to be
1: equal opportunities, disrespectful to everybody. Don't worry about it.
0: Listen, we've said it in episode one. The partial stuff is going to be more for me. Patricia (laughs) is going to be more the hype and the, the doom and gloom about every other team in Europe. So we've laid the cards on the table at the very least. There was players who left. I do want to get into that as well. Because listen, if you had said at the start of the season that Malachi Fekito would leave after one year, you'd have you'd have probably been disappointed and you'd have thought that it was things outside of his control. And it kind of was like I, I, I'm gonna say it here. Like I, I do hear the rumors that everyone else is hearing, probably a little bit more solid than some of the ones of other people are hearing, and it was more of a personal decision for him to leave. It was not just, Mm. you know, it's not that he didn't score enough tries or, you know, a money thing at all. Um, There was reports in the paper that were factually incorrect, you know, about his contract and his structure. They were not true. It was not a one plus one deal that was never offered to him. Um, He just had struggled, He struggled to fit in and having a Spanish wife going to Italy, it is a, a more similar culture as, as a lot of Italians or Spanish will tell you. So like, it makes sense from, him. And I really hope it goes well from Benetton because yes. I made the call on my own podcast. He's struggled in the last few clubs he's been at at Wasps at Munster to hit the ground running. And it was the same this world cup, but from a purely personal point of view, I hope mal goes well because you know, it's not easy moving from club to club, you know, a third club in three seasons. It's not nice, not for anyone. And I hope a hundred percent.
1: And I think a big part of it for, for me watching, throughout the season and like you know hearing the things like yourself that you were that you were hearing it's not it for me it wasn't even about performances on the pitch like yeah it's frustrating sometimes watching a player not play well for your team you want your team to play well and when players aren't playing well that is frustrating but it, it's not nice to watch a guy who's like clearly struggling you know more so than just on the pitch and i think as soon as it was announced that he was moving on this sort of instantaneously that weight visibly lifting off him and he was able to sort of play that was just lovely to see and I'm so happy that he had such a huge part to play in that end of season run. Um and that his his year with Munster turned out to be such a positive one. And like you say, like one of those guys who you'll just always be pulling for after this season. And I do hope that he and storms at, at at Benetton in every game except the the Munster one of course.
0: And you talk about that like because You talk about leaving on a high. Yeah, he left for a trophy. He was phenomenal in that URC final. From the second, I don't know who he hit early on. I think it was um, Engelbrecht. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. The centre. And you just knew. It's like, okay, yeah, we're fine. And centre was one of the position groups that we talked about because they had improved game on game on game. Mm. And he was just on it in that game. It defensively was so good. And that kind of shut down centre role that we're going to see we're hoping Nike can be that. Maybe Frisch pushes to thirteen. I have a sneaky suspicion that if Joey Carberry's form continues like this, that we could see Jack Crowley moving out to twelve and Munster just play with sheer chaos of having seven ball players on the pitch on the back line. And do you know what? Maybe even Ty burn as well for good measure. <laughs> as an auxiliary Why not? center. Why not? Like he can he can front, he can pass, he can jackal, and he can make line breaks. I don't need anything else. Do you know what I mean? But to see Mala put in that performance at the end and another man who maybe not the last game of his monster career was his highlight, but Ben Healy, Scotland international mm-hmm. Ben Healy, now we should add. Like that game, in the first game in Cape Town, he was so good. So, yeah. so good. And there might have been some shot clock deviations in and around the end of the season. And so it might get talked about in the papers, but no one really cares unless it actually gets blown. And sorry for that, Owen Farrell, I I do love the guy, but sorry, it only cares if it gets blown. And Ben just again that freedom he just played with this this swagger and this kind of confidence. And I've I've said it I said it last week after Ireland beat Scotland. I genuinely think he's a better deal for Scotland than than Finn Russell. Because you're not gonna win many out many international games with someone like Finn or someone like Marcus Smith or someone like Libbock at ten. Like go back through the years and I'll show you so many examples. I think you're because... doing Finn
1: a raw deal. Oh I love, I, with, love I love
0: putting him in Finn. with Smith
1: and Libbock, to be honest. But I do I do think that Ben Healy I like to think that this that the URC final was not Ben Healy's last game for Munster. I have that in my heart. Um,
0: a bit you know, of a John Ryan we'll, style.
1: <laughs> that, you know, in, in sort of, because he's so young as well, I think in sort of, you know, three or four years' time we'll be signing him back as a hotshot NIQ IQ Scottish fly half. Um, I, I like to think that. But yeah, it, again, someone who grew so much throughout their time at Munster and is, it's, again, you just love to see him, you know, World Cup try scorer Ben Healy, I don't think anybody would have given you those odds a year ago. Um, and it's great to see a young guy back himself and back his talent. You know, he could have sat on a contract at Munster and waited to see what happened because he's still so young, but he knew that there was international rugby there for him and he took it and who can begrudge it him, honestly.
0: He backed his beliefs. Like that's yeah. like he backed what he know he knows he's a good player and like it's not Ben Finlay as as some reporters call him. It's not <laughs> You know, a lad that is, that needs to be asked, has he gotten better? We know he's gotten better. He's been unbelievable. Like he was a really good year last year. And I, I did say last year at one point that I felt like he went through a bit of a, to use an American term, a sophomore slump in his second year at Munster. He kind of, he wavered, he was up and down, but that, that happens, Do you know? And obviously the yeah, Toulouse game, fair. the Toulouse game didn't help because like at the time he was what, 23, 24 years of age to miss a drop goal and a penalty and two penalties to win the game. Like it's tough, like it's tough at any age, but especially at that age. And he came back this year and he was a better player. He was a better player for it. And I, I'm, I'm thrilled to see it for him that he, that he got this kind of end, maybe not the end of his monster career, as you will say, but a really good end of last season. There were a few other players that I just want to give a quick mention to Dennis, if there's anyone you want to jump in on do. So, early in the season last year centres Dan Goggin and Chris Farrell departed their contracts early for for differing reasons um, and that we may not get into that for, for obvious reasons because we don't have the full details to hand we also saw some younger players leave in the former Liam O'Connor who poor lad was just ravaged by injuries through his whole monster yeah. career Oli Morris, the same, he signed for Worcester and never really got fit and got fired. Did he ever play
1: it. for Munster? No, he didn't.
0: No, he didn't. Um, I heard a few different reports about him, some saying that, you know, he kind of just never got up to the standard that was required and he wasn't yeah. good at a level. But again, you, you never really know, you know, and it, no. it would have been a tough year for him losing his job at, at Worcester when they, when 100%, they folded. Yeah. You know, so there's there's always that. Owen O'Connor, one of the stars of the Wasps game, as I famously dubbed it, the Coventry Casino heist. Um, and James <laughs> French, who uh, who also played that day, Paddy Kelly left as well, and Connor Phillips, who I now believe he's it. He's at Turnure now, but I believe he's gone. He's looking to get into the Ireland Sevens program, which, for a young lad, um, is incredibly enticing. Like if, if mm. I had the skills of these guys, I would want to play sevens and get to travel the world for two or three years and potentially go to the Olympics. Like. Why wouldn't you? You know, and, yeah. and and to all those players, we wish them all the very best. if I've forgotten anyone. I do apologize. These were Munster and not great for putting up. Like in all the guys who are leaving, they do like twos. Um, so yeah. it's difficult. But Patricia is there anyone there you want to just touch upon? We've obviously talked about Ben and and Mala. Was there anyone else you want to talk about? Because you you have a collection of my guys, as some people would know. <laughs> so is there anyone in there that fits that bill?
1: Yeah, Ben Healy.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, we talked talk about Ben Healy.
1: <laughs> we could talk about Ben Healy again. I
0: ah, know. <laughs> 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 but there's other guys as well, if you want to jump in.
1: No, I think that, um, like you said, a, a, a group of young players moving on and it's some of them like injury related, like you said, like Liam O'Connor and um, Paddy Kelly as well. And that's a shame to see. Um, it's a shame to see young players never really be able to have a chance, I suppose. Um, But like Munster are not struggling for exciting young players. So hopefully we won't be missing any of them too much. We've
0: good young, we mightn't have the speedy outside backs of our neighbors of Connacht. We've good young players. Um, And we'll get into that probably next week because, you know, next week we'll be looking at the season itself. And even in the next part, we might get into a few of them because we're going to talk about Munster's preseason games Mm-hmm. Now, I must say, and I have to hand some. two of these games were on Access Monster. If you're yeah. already subscribed, two games within a month, like, is great to see. The commentary from Johnny Holland was phenomenal. Um, I be- I can't remember who did the Lens game. I think it was Paul Ring, if I'm wrong there. Apologies. And Dan Mooney for the Barbarians game. They were brilliant. Mm-hmm. They were really, really good. And maybe, just maybe we see it for, like, the Crusaders game, but there might be excess demand for that, so they mightn't do it. But we'll start with the first game, which was Munster's only loss in preseason. And I, I've i been following Munster a long time, and I just associate preseason with losing games. Like, yeah. it's just, yeah, oh, yeah, we lost to Gloucester and we lost to Cast. Um, but sure, it's fine, because we played, like, 17 lads from Gary Owen and four lads from Munchens. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? And that's just what I associate it with. But obviously, this year with them being on being on, available to watch, it was a bit different. But first game lost 33-12 to Leinster. Shea Book- Shane Shea Buckley, so apologies, Shane Buckley scored the only try converted by Tony Butler, and oh no, sorry, Stephen Kiley also scored in his debut. There was further debuts for Kieran Ryan, for Evan O'Connell, for Shane McCarthy, and of course for the aforementioned Stephen Kiley. And Patricia, this was a disappointing performance. And I, I understand you were in the Stade de France when this play, when this game was taking place. So I, <laughs> I don't expect you to give us a minute by minute account of it. But it was the first hit out. And as they said on Access Munster, like there was way more signs of life in training. And, and they obviously brushed it off in the games to come. So I think we can just clock this down as, yeah, well done, Leinster. But, uh, you know, <laughs> remember the last um... meaningful game. <laughs>
1: I don't know if I'll say well done, Leinster. I I think if you saw, um, if we like, if we take anything from last season's preseason games, is that they don't matter in the grand scheme of things. And yes, it was disappointing. It was, it was disjointed, but like like I said, it was their first hit out. And it, yeah, like it's it it doesn't matter because they, they lost a preseason game. Oh no, no, they lost what two of them last season, and they won the league. So, um, I think that they'll. I think that that. It things will be alright, you know, losing to losing to Leinster in a pre-season friendly is not the be-all and end-all but um, like I said, I was in the Stade de France while this game was played, so
0: <laughs> I, I should put in there as well and this is maybe the fact that I forgot was better for my mindset but Andrew Conway played that game in his first game back, mm-hmm. unfortunately he got injured and he's going to miss the first few games of the URC or so We're led to believe and like I don't know. I I just want to see Andrew Conway back in the field again because he's one of those players that even with his South County Dublin accent, you know well he would die for this team, even if it meant a fight in Chicken Hut. Do you know what I mean? Like he would he would do it. That's the kind of guy he is. So hopefully we see him back on the field. I don't know if you
1: know that Andrew Conway is maybe my favourite monster player ever.
0: Again, and that's I... vague because you have so many of them.
1: No, 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 no. but th- th- there's there's definitely a, a higher level and I don't say that lightly and Andrew Conway is 100%, he's up there for sure and like I said um, I just want him to play. I really, really missed him last season like Munster winning the URC and Andrew Conway not playing a minute of it felt felt wrong to me in a way and um yeah, I hope that that injury's I'm, not too bad. I might
0: it's... just jump in there before we move on to the Connacht game because I was, I went to college in UL, finished up last year, went to a couple of their, their training sessions, just happened to be walking past, you know, as <laughs> as you do, it happens.
1: Oh yeah, I, I was a student in UL as well. I know all about happening to walk past. Yeah, it's <laughs>
0: just coincidence. Just even when they're <laughs> over beside Maguire's pitches and they're kind of in the corner. No, no, I just happened to be walking past, even though I left the other side of the college. But anyways, I was walking past and it was the week of the Leinster game. Um, Dennis Leamy said hello to me, actually. So that, that was the highlight of it. But <laughs> <laughs> I also seen Andrew Conway train and, and it did boom into my head. I was like, if he makes it back, if we beat Leinster and he's back for the final, imagine the boost it would give this team. And it's kind of like what gets talked about with Keen Healy in Ireland now. It's like if you've seen yeah. this lad coming back in, who's clearly a leader and he's well liked, he's loved by fans, it would be such a boost. We've seen him with our guest when he came back. Yeah. Like it felt like there was fifteen thousand people roaring his name in Musgrave that night. And I think it'll be the same for <laughs> Andrew Conway when he returns. As
1: there as there should be every, every time Andrew Conway plays. He did almost run me over with his car in Newell one day, but um I That's forgave him. Was. I forgave him. Look, I forgave him. It was fine. He was it was really close actually. I think I put my I had to put my hand out onto the car. I was like oh, as geez. if I was gonna stop the car with my hand. <laughs> but like nice. it was it was close. I went to, you know, it was a pedestrian crossing and I went to be like here, you know, g- give the driver a piece of my mind. And then I saw it was Andrew Conway, and I think I was just like, Oh no, it's Grand Andrew, best luck this weekend. I,
0: I never got ran over, but uh Simon Zebo waved out the window at me. So um I mean it's slightly better because I didn't nearly get hit by the car, but
1: was was it his kids that waved out the window? Nah, stop, actually, now.
0: stop now. Stop <laughs> now. <laughs> and we will- Go on. We we'll,
1: we we'll, we we'll move on to the second pre-season game there. We where will. um You Munster might take l- more
0: enjoyment in this out of I, out of my, than myself.
1: <laughs> Munster losing pre-season games didn't la- didn't last too long, as we had a a 19 win in the sports ground up against Connacht. Um, tries from Gavin Coombs, dear Byrne, and Roy Scannell and Joey Carberry kicked three conversions and a penalty. Great to see Joey Carberry playing rugby again for one thing. Um. Shane McCarthy got his first start for Munster, following up obviously from his debut the week before against Leinster. And Josh Costello made his senior debut. Uh, whether or not it's a preseason game, which is, as I said, like they 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 matter, but they don't. At the they only line. matter if you win. <laughs> but winning, but well, winning in Galway is never a foregone conclusion for Munster. Like we've we sat through enough sort of frustrating and disappointing games against Connacht. Um, what do we think of this game in terms of you know? Progressing, I suppose, from the Leinster game and heading into the season ahead, like did did you feel like the some of the wrongs from the Leinster game were righted a bit more in this one?
0: Yeah, so i I was at this game, so that's kind of why I, I gave it to myself here in the run order. Um, that may happen a few times across the season. <laughs> I might just, you know, it's like, oh, well, I don't really like Glasgow. I give that to you, and I'll talk about zebra or whatever. But no, this I was a really impressed with Munster that day. I thought. Everything that they didn't do against Leinster, they did against Connacht. They upped the intensity. Mm-hmm. There was a, like obviously in preseason, there's going to be a lot of handling errors and timing errors and whatever. They improved all them. Set piece was better. Defensively astute. John Hodnett was picking fights. Um, Gavin Coombs was running over lads. I thought Joey and Antoine Frisch, though, like listen, I I, I might I might be a straight white man, but. Joey and Antoine Frisch are going to get more people excited because their looks than their rugby playing abilities sometimes. And that's fine. But Jesus, they were unbelievable in this game. They were just suave and classy. And it's exactly what we want to see from them. Like they were just Look, so so there's good. a lot to
1: be said. There's a lot to be said for a 10 with good 10 here. Yeah. You can't beat it, you know. And and Joey's one of those for sure. He's um he's up there in, in that in that regard. And like I said, Him and him and Anton Frisch together feels like something that could be just
0: just meant to be. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the new combination. Although to be fair, Jack Crowley has great chin hair as well, Um, and not the
1: same way though.
0: No, not in the same way. But he's got great ten hair as well. And um I mean you could say Ben Healy's mullet period was, was great crack because it was during COVID. But that's I feel like that's a we could get a full podcast out of that another day of Monster Tens and their haircuts.
1: I feel I've I've done podcasts about players' hair before. Like the, people can find those back somewhere. I, I'm I sure
0: but just to finish on this one, like again, those lads are really good. I thought um I I actually thought Jennifer Barron had a good preseason, to be honest in, in mm-hmm. what I saw um Rory Scannell likewise was was decent Shane McCarthy really impressed me though he's a he's just a natural athlete and it sounds so vague to say but you just watch some lads sometimes you're like yeah if that lad was running 400 meters or if he was playing soccer I'd get it you know some lads can just can just do it all we all went to school with lads like that and I feel like he's in now he mightn't be but I feel like he's one of them um so he's definitely one to look out for and then you know, I thought the back row were just, were just really good that day. And that included um, Alex Hendelen and John Hodnett and Jack O'Donnell. Like, Jack is always going to run, run his, himself into the ground for the team. He's got an incredible engine. Alex and John are just really, really exciting players for this season. Unfortunately, there are potential injuries for the two of them. We don't really know for sure, but... We'll wait and see. I feel like
1: they haven't been mentioned on squad updates. I keep reading the squad updates, like yeah. bracing myself for the worst, and then maybe they're, they're not in France.
0: Mentioned. maybe, maybe Look, they're in France.
1: I'm not going to say too much, but I I feel like I know.
0: <laughs> you feel Okay, fair enough. If if you have a hunch, that's fair. <laughs> You'd have seen them, I suppose. But maybe, like, well, if it just makes us feel better, um, we'll say that they're in France training because. There's some weird rules that you can have lads from the same country who are not in the squad and will not be selected training. <laughs> do you know? So we're just we'll just say that. But then Imagine Alex how Danim, like
1: depressing and disheartening a job that would be, by the way.
0: Oh, Gatland would definitely get lads to do that. And Eddie Jones. Come They'd and be train with our
1: squad, but you're we're, we're never going to pick you. And you like the only thing you're gonna do is get injured.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, Eddie Jones is definitely doing that. Hundred percent. By he's the doing, time this goes live, he could be fired. Like so, Eddie Jones know. is
1: doing that now, and his team are not even in the tournament anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I we'll get on to the last game and finish on it because Monster, remarkably, this was their first game with the Barbarians. Um, mm. didn't go as well for the women's side. They were convincingly beaten as as you'd expect. Um, by a Barbarians team of all, of all sorts, considering where the the national women's team game is at at the moment. It's, it's no surprise once they were defeated, but that's definitely a conversation we'll get into another day. Maybe on my own on my own channel, I'll, I'll give you the floor for that one. But Brian Gleeson, remember the name. Um, <laughs> I, I made this joke with uh, a past uh, guest on my own podcast. Remember the name. They, they may have said he was only a, a subcast member of the under-20 squad, but this kid, he is a behemoth. He's only he's still under 20 next year. He scored two tries in his first appearance. He was bouncing off fully fledged French lads. Like that's exactly. I don't what think I've it cannot
1: see. be stated enough quite how massive this kid is. Yeah, like,
0: he's, he's a big he looks like he could play prop. Like you know what, he, he reminds is, me of Trevor Brennan's son that played second row. Um, yeah, when I watched him first, I didn't know if he was huge. the prop or the second row. So that's kind of the like he's a power number eight. And he he has got Different parts of his game. Aside from that, like we're not going to be as vague as just say he's big, like certain pundits would do. But but
1: he is big, and people do need yeah. to understand that.
0: Yeah, like he he is, and he was really really good in that game. Shane McCarthy scored his first try for the province in the game for Munster as well. Um, he impressed. There was also tries for and a deep breath here. Jimmer Barron, Joey Carberry, Josh witchley <laughs> Finning witchley I wonder how many times the two of them scored in the same game. There's there's one to look up now. There's there's the question for the followers. How many times has Josh Witchley and Finian Witchley scored in the same game? And you can go back to their club games if you have to, if it's even possible. Neil Cronin got the last try as well, um, brilliantly assisted by Ethan Cochran. And one Joseph Carberry kicked six conversions. Probably the best part of it was seeing Jack Daly back on the field after, I believe he yeah. said it was 13 or 14 months sidelined, as in like no rugby at all. And then. Mm. Next a couple of weeks just training away eventually first start remarkably um so over a year out mark donnelly and gavin coombs did get injured and we wait to see how that went but hopefully fingers crossed nothing too bad there because you know nothing says early monster season like injuries that feel like you didn't even know they were injured um well if Patricia, gavin coombs
1: is injured who's gonna play in the second row when all the second rows get injured
0: uh, probably Kieran McDonald's again.
1: <laughs> good. <laughs>
0: Why not? Or Billy? I Billy Holland could sit. Billy Holland has got another game in him. Hundred percent.
1: I love Billy Holland.
0: We all do. Anyways, um, <laughs> Munster did win out this game. It was remarkably entertaining, even though it was it was pissing rain all morning in Limerick. Um, but it was a really really good game. But probably nothing you can take away because it's a Barbarians game. but Still a good win and a win over a team you never played before. And as um much adored Monster fan Jim Jens pointed out on Twitter, not a lot of club sides have beaten the Babas, South Africa, Australia, and New Zealand.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, yet again, just a run of the mill Monster win against a touring site. It's not it it's the first of the season, but it won't be the last, of course. Um, oh, with, there, with there's the,
0: the bold prediction of the season.
1: <laughs> with the Crusaders game coming off in, in Porky Cleve. But um yeah, I, I, I really like games like this. Like you say, there's there's not really anything to take from it in terms of the season. Um, but there doesn't always have to be, like not every game has to be about the season. Some games are just a one-off and playing the barbarians is one of those. And you know, comprehensively beating the Barbarians, even better. Like, it was a, yeah, one of those games that it's just a lot of fun to watch games like that. And it was, it didn't make me at all sick that there was a monster match played in Thoman Park and, and I was in a different country to it. Didn't make me feel, you know, upset or angry I'll, or anything. I'll have
0: that during the season. And I have, t- I, I won't be around, I'd be outside the country for the Bayon game. I hop on a flight, probably not long after full time. Um, and it's going to kill me because I've never not been in the country for a Munster European game, and <laughs> apart from 2008 High Cup final, which I was at, but that was okay. I got I got over that one. Um, but I, I should actually point out, because I looked it up just to get the exact price, there was a family pack of four tickets for €40 euro for two adults and two kids for this game yeah. with two games to take place. And I must say, I know Munster Branch and all that do get... Some fair criticism, some unfair criticism, that's phenomenal work because it was hard to attract people in the gate anyways, with the World Cup being on. And I know it was an off week for Ireland, but, you know, for people who were gone, they might want to go to another game. But to do that was was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. And that's how you hashtag grow the game, by making it a little bit easier to get to and all that, you know, and mm-hmm. If if that's one of the few things that we take away from this game in years to go, is that this is where you know Munster first played the Barbarians, and you know Shane McCarthy and Brian Leeson stood out. Yeah, great, but there's also the element of the the boring stuff as well, which they did well. You know, you have yeah. to give them credit for that.
1: No, hundred percent.
0: So I think that's about all we have. There was there's no fourth preseason game that we don't know about. So suppose they were trained against Shannon and Corkon, but we weren't there. So we can't talk about that. Just go on. Speak, for, speak for yourself. Uh, d- listen, <laughs> some people might have managed to sneak in, but you know, I do not have the wall climbing abilities to do that. Um, we will leave it at that for tonight, folks. And we really hope you enjoyed what's well, hopefully the first of many. It won't be a one and done podcast. We promise mm-hmm. that, but it will be our inaugural and hopefully you enjoyed it next week. We will have a bumper pod because we'll take a look at the season ahead. It's hard to believe we discussed it during the week. Monster start in two weekends' time. Like it snuck
1: up on me. It really has snuck up on me. It really
0: has. And I knew the that Sharks. they were
1: starting. I knew that they were starting the weekend of the of the World Cup semi final. Like I always knew that this was when the season was starting. And because I'm at the World Cup at the moment, like I know that that's next week. But for some reason, I just can't. I couldn't put two and two together that. It was so soon that once they were playing,
0: and it's like an um, it's like an entirely new year has changed in my mind. It's like okay, we had the pool stages. Oh my god, it's the it's the knockouts. Do you know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. like a dead yeah. switch has just changed, and I'm like, oh, I have to get into monster mode now, and I'm gonna have to. I, I might take a few weeks off my own podcast because there's been a lot of them <laughs> recently, uh, but it's like you have to switch headspace and to start with the sharks, and I'm gonna I'm gonna lean to if. Friend of mine, a friend of the pod, Theo, um, who absolutely hates the Sharks and believes this is the new rivalry for the decades to come because there was so much spice in that one drawn game this season. And you know what? I admire it. I hope there is. I hope it's Werner Cock against Finian Witchley akin to what he did to Johnny Sexton, because that's how we know we're back. Because I don't know if you know this, Patricia, but considering Munster won the league that last year, we backed up you know
1: i don't you can't the bucket hat is actually there behind me you can't see if there's a flag there as well
0: oh there it is (laughs)
1: um the bucket hat is there i do know that we back up and uh that's going to continue you know we won't get into season previews now that's for next week but um monster aren't coming back down anytime soon
0: (laughs) that's great so for everyone at home i again i hope you enjoyed it patricia thanks for thanks for joining me tonight hopefully it's not one and done with yourself or myself either. (laughs) And that we keep this going. Um, We do want everyone at home to be with us every step of the way this season. So do make sure to subscribe. Um, If you are listening to this, maybe a bit late, we are going to try and get it on all platforms, but there's always a a teething process with these things at the very start. Um, And I look forward to it greatly (laughs) because I'm not a big fan of this side of things, but I hope you do subscribe. I hope you do enjoy. I hope we have a great season to look ahead to in our first one with this podcast. And if you do like us enough, why not tell your monster supporting friends or rugby following friends about us? And maybe we can make this podcast, I don't know, main event. And does that sound good? <laughs> I think that I feel like that's something <laughs> that might just catch on. Um, but anyways, it's been an absolute pleasure. We will see you next week with our bumper season preview. Well, for now and until next time, take it easy.